Welcome back to the XY and FPA Congress podcast. We've been having 10-minute fireside chats, but this chat is a little bit different. It's a side fireside chat. So, Fraser, you're the person I'm speaking to because you're actually speaking at this particular Congress rather than just running the podcast. You've got a few things that you're up to during I, I the next couple of days. I'm a little bit busy days. over the next couple of days. We're, we're doing, obviously, a lot of fireside chats, but yes, in this particular episode, I'll be in the hot seat. Um the yes, we're running a session. Yeah, uh, and what's that session on? Because it's we all know that you do a lot of good work in cybersecurity. It's not my area of expertise, and the reason that a lot of people are gravitating towards the information and services you're offering in this space is because it's a bit of an unknown for a lot of advisors. So, can you take those people who are a bit like myself don't know a lot about this? Um, we, we obviously hear a lot about data breaches. We were just talking to Charmaine from Capital Partners. Now, they had a breach back in 2018 and she'll be sharing on the same panel that you're on, you know, what they learned, what they're doing, how they're preventing future attacks because, as she said, it's not a matter of um, if, it's just a matter of when. So, can you start at the 101 and tell us what you're working through with advisors now and what's the level of understanding around cybersecurity? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a confusing and confronting topic. You know, you've got to lead into the fact that nobody likes to, you know, think about it for a start with. Uh, it is confusing. There is a lot of acronyms. There's a lot of cyber talk. There's a lot of technology stuff in the background that people don't really know. And so no one looks to, no one wants to feel or look silly when they come to these conversations. And it's changing so often. Like just once you think you're across what you need to know. Yeah. It changes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and there is no silver bullet. You know, it's not just like, oh, I've, I've got a, a really strong antivirus on myself. I'm, you know, I'm done. It's not about that. It's about saying, you know, there's about 12 or 13 different pieces to the jigsaw puzzle. Uh, wherever you are in the in your current position needs to come up to a certain level what does that level look like obviously licensees have a lot of standards in place and those sorts of things but there are certain um, cyber audit levels that are appropriate for financial professionals and and in each one of those areas um, my role really is to take that complexity and make it really really simple to understand why you should care about that little thing and how do you fix it so where are most practices now with cybersecurity? Like where where is the baseline? I think I think right now that the it's not it's not so much around the you know this is a thing you need to pay attention. I think it's pretty clear within the media that clients care about their their data and and, and you know and and as the primary person who's asking that, yeah. yeah the custodian of that data that you know the privacy principles you're responsible for the data that you collect. Um, as the business, you know, and, and it's, it's, there's a responsibility of the business, there's a responsibility of the licensee, there's a, there's a responsibility of all the staff to protect that client data. And, um, and, you know, the expectation is from clients. And we've got clients at one end of the spectrum, you know, that, that, who, who may walk if, uh, if the data is breached. And at the other end of the spectrum, you've got the regulator and, and, and licensing and all, the, all of those things in between. So there's lots of reasons why. So I'm, I'm not really sure that we need to harp on the reasons why. Mm. I think people know the reasons why. So what do you do about it there? Where, where are firms at at the moment? What do they actually do about it? Because that's where you can come in and help. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the, the big thing is understanding that the technology is part of the puzzle and the humans are the other part. And the, the humans in the office are often the ones that... Uh, Inadvertently let things let people in, and I describe the the business, uh, the humans in the business as great hospitable humans that are trained to be very very nice to their clients and open the door, and they're the ones that are usually opening the doors to the, to those sorts of things. So a lot of what I do is um, describing in physical terms what the world, what's actually happening in your software packages. 
So in software, there's a lot of assumptions we make. Oh, it's, it's in the cloud, it's backed up. No, it's not backed up. Um, I talk about the fact that, you know, if somebody's got their cloud storage, for example, they should be keeping another copy of their cloud storage because, you know, if they've got their Microsoft 365 and they're assuming that Microsoft is backing their, their, their data up, they're not. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is they're providing you a tenancy in an office building. Uh, you've got an office, they provide you with the lifts and the, and the bathrooms and the, and the fire sprinklers and all the things that they need to provide as a tenant. But if you let somebody into your office that starts a fire, and burns out your office, you've lost everything in your office. You need to keep a copy of that. So just describing the way things work in logical terms, I think is really important. Um, we have conversations around how you share your client's data. and uh, What's best to, practice in that? I ref, well, I refer to data as diamonds. So I start with the fact that if you had a diamond and the lifetime value of a client is generally more than a diamond. So if a client's giving you a diamond, are you going to ask them to put it in the post or are you going to provide a secure transfer? And so, if they if you've got a secure transfer service, aka, you know a um, you know a yeah, give us share, the aka, share, <laughs> SharePoint or anything okay, like great. that. Uh, many of the uh, the advisor portals that are used and the technology services that are around, uh, they're all secure s- services where you can where you can securely share data, same as you know sharing that diamond. You don't put it in the post. But too many times, if we look at an email, there are just too many examples of important diamonds. Going into clients, diamonds sitting in the mailbox, and with the mailbox, you know what we tend to do in the real life is we clear the mailbox and we take the letters inside and throw the junk mail in the wheelie bin. But what happens in the the online world is we leave a copy of that email after we've opened it. We leave a copy of those diamonds in our letterbox, and too many times the mailboxes we just heard can be breached fairly easily. And once the mailbox is breached, you can go and find all sorts. I remember a picture if I looked in your email or oh, anybody's, look at me that way, uh, any advisor's <laughs> email and we searched for statement yeah. of advice or a copy of his yeah. ID or anything like that, we would find them in the letterbox. They may have been open, but they're still stashed. And what we really need to do is talk about the fact that we take them out of the mailbox and we put them in the vault and that's where we keep them. We keep them in the vault and we should also be talking to our clients about taking their that same diamonds out of their mailbox and putting them back and keeping them in their vault and not keeping them in the mailbox at the front of the house. Mm. Yeah, it's a um, it's yeah, it's a it's a big it's it's a big question to ask and also understand. I guess my question that I had before was are the systems like Slack any better or are they all the same? Uh, like is Slack any better than email? Yeah, look look the the, the actual products themselves are quite secure. Mm. Uh, in in if they're being used properly and not, and you know, they've got multi-factor authentication and those sorts of things are activated so that you're not easily getting that information in. We are talking about um, clients' data, clients' diamonds, right? So we've got to make sure that we secure that as the most important precious stone, uh, and we've got to make sure that they're they're not in those those networks where they're being, you know. Uh, transferred over the internet and we're not being secure so one they've got to be onshore um and two you know they've got to be you know locked away multi behind multi-factor so locking stuff away you got you got structured data um and unstructured data and understanding how those two things work you've got email systems and locking down the back back end of email systems because email systems are, are, are one of those things that are set up to work really well which means you open the floodgates and you they work really well but if, you, if you're trying to stop all the cyber things coming in, you actually have to close all those floodgates and make them small trickles. 
um, turn your your uh, your letterbox into a, a registered postbox. Um, you got the secure transfer we talked about, but then you got all the the security on your your devices, device security, making sure that you have got a really good quality one. Because within every brand there is a there is a crap version, and with every brand there is a really good version. Um, and you can move to the more expensive version. Things like pass- password managers being used and set up properly. Things like um, you know making sure that your your routers and your the way that you connect to the internet. Uh, yeah, I was going to say this morning uh, I was going to connect to the Wi-Fi and you said, no, 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 use mine. So yes. that's obviously a- a- absolutely. It's an one important of, one. It's one of those things, you know, public Wi-Fi is one of those things that somebody can get in and start uh, putting things on onto the, the network, to the router and getting it out. Everybody's connected might end up with a virus on their, on their computer. So there's ways that people can get um, through the Wi-Fi into uh, into disrupting your life. Um, and so, yeah, the, the way that you connect, I call it the, the, you know, having gates at the front of your driveway, making sure that your gates are locked uh, because those gateways to the internet are, are, are certainly really ways, important. Yeah, really important. So the human element continues to come up as a really important factor in remaining safe with cyber and, and your clients' diamonds. Uh what do you need to do on, a, on the human side to make sure that your cyber security protocols are really robust? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is training your staff. Um, and yeah, that's what Charmaine said yeah, as well. Yeah. So there's a consistency out there. Absolutely. Everyone train the staff. And how is that? You've, you've been in a lot of different practices now talking about this. What's the best way to train the staff? Because I know in a lot of different organizations, I've done the turn up and you do the sort of, sort of the click-through training and, and to be really transparent, i would take none of that information away and apply it. So yeah. what's best practice in managing the human element? Yeah, I think I think there's two parts of that. There's there's the headspace. Do I really want to learn this stuff? Is this a pain is this a pain for me? Or is this something that I actually care about? Uh, and when you've heard some of the horror stories, you do, you do start caring. And most staff in, in, in these small practices have never been subjected to this training. You've obviously worked in large organizations before where there was there was every organization that's larger around financial services provides vulnerability testing. You've all done phishing, you know, the phishing mm. training that comes in, the ongoing testing. Every three months. Yes. Yeah, exactly right. And and so you, and you do, do a lot of clicking in those three months. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And you've done you've you've clicked I've on the wrong the thing. I've ticked the box and, and I've done nothing differently. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so look, I think um I think the attitude is one thing. C- caring about the fact that this is your client's diamond. So there's a there's a big headspace in that. Understanding that when you do multi-factor thing, yes, it slows you down. It's a pain, but what is it? It's actually like a, a speed sign on a dangerous corner. It's going to slow you down for a really, really good reason that you don't drive off the cliff. You know, it's, it's, it's like understanding why you're doing it and appreciating the fact that you're doing it. And and, and, I mean, and the said, time that it will save you afterwards because it's earlier. not if, it's when. Yes, exactly right. So I think I think the big thing is around um, the, the way that uh, all staff in the business, because it's not just up to the, the owner of the business or, or the you know the advisors in the business, it's up to all staff in the business to be caring about what they, how they treat their client data. Well, thanks for... You know, not only hosting the podcast today, but also joining us for a chat and being on a panel. This has been really fun, Fraser. Thanks for interviewing me, Danny. My pleasure. <laughs> Even though you don't really, didn't know much about the topic, you're like, ah! Yeah. Hey, no, this is what I'm here to learn. I'm going to learn. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Thanks.